This is Radio Influence. Football fans, it's time to go on the record for this week's matches in pro and college football with just one catch. We're only interested in underdogs. Who can keep it close if not pull the outright upset? Time to find out. It's Three Dog Thursday. Now here's your host, T.J. Reed. Oh, we are back. We are coming down the stretch of the college football season. We've got much to discuss as it relates to the NFL and lots and lots of doggies, lots and lots of rovers, pooches. It's Three Dog Thursday. We come back in in another November setting, and it's good to be back with senior handicapper and writer from VegasInsider.com, Kevin Rogers. How are you feeling for another week? Really excited, really excited. We're heading towards Thanksgiving and uh, just heading towards the end of college football. We're going to know who's going to be in the top four soon, who's going to play for the national, well, not the national championship, but at least uh, the four teams that will be in the playoff and then eventually get to the national championship. So obviously a lot still uh, exciting to uh, you know look forward to. And obviously with the NFL coming up as well with uh, you know a lot of games this weekend, we're coming out on a stretch in that as well. Yeah, so uh, there's a lot to sort out and to try to figure out. Uh, last week I, I was able to hit two college games, in fact have outright wins with Stanford and the Miami Hurricanes. Good gracious. Now, Stanford was very impressive last Friday night with the win over Washington. It was more not believing Kevin in Washington than it was backing Stanford 100%. It was kind of both, and Stanford was good. But then Miami on Saturday night with the blowout of Notre Dame, I had the Canes. I, nor I don't think anybody else, including Mark Rick and his team, believed that they were going to annihilate Notre Dame the way that they did. But it just shows you've got to let these games play out because that was a Notre Dame team that on paper the committee thought was one of the best four teams in the country, and and Miami just freight trained them Saturday. A quick thought from you on that game? Yeah, pretty much start to finish. The Hurricanes uh, were fantastic in that game, and and it was the biggest game they had had in probably 15 years since the Fiesta Bowl against Ohio State that they lost in overtime. And, you you know, it seemed like, Miami out as like to sometimes say out athleted Notre Dame that they just had the athletes out there and once you got behind a couple turnovers that the Fighting Irish were done and for Miami it's a really great story what Mark Rick has been able to do and and now they're undefeated and they they'll take on Clemson in the ACC championship so they got a lot to play for still you know two games they have to play before they get to Clemson and obviously They'll play Clemson, but if they lose one of these next two, then they won't play in the Final Four. So these two games are still big for them. Well, and as part of that, Miami now enters the college football playoff top four, the Final Four, obviously coming after that championship Saturday that you referenced. So, Kevin, with Alabama 1, Clemson interesting at 2, Miami unbeaten at 3, and then Oklahoma at 4 with, a, with an unbeaten Wisconsin team at 5. So the, that's the setup. We know that either Clemson or Miami has to lose. Do you foresee that we could see a makeover? We, we might see two, maybe more different teams by the time this is over with that are in that final four. A lot of football left to, to be played. Do you agree with that? Yeah. I mean, obviously, Clemson and Miami both won't make the final four. You're going to have one of the two make it. 
And, you know, Miami has, uh, you know, the schedule up ahead with Virginia and Pitt, games they should win. And in the Clemson game, I mean, nobody thought they would beat Notre Dame and they beat them the way they did. And then they get Clemson. And the way Clemson has been at times this year, I, I think they're a bit vulnerable. You know, they don't have Deshaun Watson there anymore. So Miami definitely has a shot there to to beat them. But uh, if Miami ends up winning out, obviously they're in. There's no way you can keep them out. But Clemson has established themselves enough where they've beaten Auburn already early on in the season. They will have beaten Miami if they win the ACC championship, and that will get them into the Final Four. It'll be interesting to see what happens with these SEC teams because Alabama, if they end up losing to Auburn, let's just say, then Auburn is in the SEC championship against Georgia, and then the winner of that will get in. But what happens if Alabama beats Auburn Auburn's out, then Alabama plays Georgia, and Georgia beats them. Then what do you do? And then you have Oklahoma. Then you have whoever wins the Big Ten, if it's Wisconsin. What if Ohio State comes in out of nowhere to win the Big Ten with two (laughs) losses? So there's just so many things that can happen. And obviously Oklahoma, if they lose that Big 12 title game, they'll get kicked out. The Pac-12 won't get anybody in. So, yes, there's a lot of scenarios that can happen, but it'll be very exciting. Yeah, and and the one constant seems to be Alabama every year in the mix somehow, some way. But after what Auburn did to Georgia last Saturday with Jarrett Stidham at quarterback and and the atmosphere at Jordan-Hare, the rivalry of the Iron Bowl, and the fact that Alabama's defense is as beaten up as it is at the moment, I mean, they're going to get an easy game this week, but they're going to be obviously hobbled to play the game against Auburn at Auburn. Look out for that matchup and to mess up some more of the college football playoff uh, scenarios. Um, okay, we want to tell you that coming up in a little bit here on Three Dog Thursday, special guest joining us in the middle segment will be Ben Maller, uh, one of my colleagues. Uh, for many years I hosted and filled in on uh, Fox Sports Radio and a lot of times filled in on Ben Maller's show. Ben and I also did some weekend programming together as co-hosts. I love the Ben Maller show. I love him interacting with what he calls the Maller Militia, his callers. He's got quite a following overnights on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeart uh, Radio app. I look forward. He's based in L.A., Kevin, so I look forward to him talking all things football, underdogs, and a lot of Los Angeles uh, with us in our middle segment of the show. So that's going to be exciting to have him. You and I are now going to look at some college football underdogs and where do you want to begin on our underdog slate for this Saturday, this third Saturday of November? You know, the team I'm going to take is not a team that's been playing well. And, you know, you shouldn't be riding teams like that. But I have my, my reasons. I'm taking the Virginia Cavaliers. They're playing at Miami against the Hurricanes coming up uh, on Saturday. And this is a, a Hurricane team coming off two emotional primetime wins over Virginia Tech and over Notre Dame. Now they have senior day, a noon kickoff, which if you live in South Florida, you know people are not running out for a noon kickoff, especially against Virginia, who no one cares about. Virginia has had a nice season. They're, you know, they played better. They won at Boise State early on, but they've kind of petered out towards the end. They've lost three or four. They've allowed over 31 points in each of those games. So obviously the defense, as they say, is leaking oil at this point. But the Hurricanes, one and three against the spread, is a double-digit favorite this year. So they've gotten up for the big games, but North Carolina on the road struggled to win that one, and Carolina's been terrible. This Hurricane team has the ACC championship in its pocket already. They know they're going to play Clemson, so there's no pressure on them. It's just about getting that final four. 
I think Miami will win this game, but I don't think they'll cover. Virginia will hang around. Virginia lost last week at Louisville, a game they were kind of in for a bit, and Louisville pulled away. But I think that Virginia gives a good effort here, and they'll catch Miami just off two big wins. Okay, and it's it's fascinating. I looked at this game, too, that that Miami gets three home games in a row this late in the season, and you wonder, you said the word, you wonder if there is an emotional letdown for them in this matchup, especially with the early start. And you're not saying that Virginia's going to pull the outright upset, but the Canes might struggle, and they've had two or three games this year. Couldn't put North Carolina away on the road. What's a bad North Carolina team? Had struggles putting Syracuse away at home. Uh, Eric Dungy, the quarterback, uh, was a big part of that, of keeping Syracuse in the game. So we'll see on that one. I will now uh, go with an underdog at the moment. Uh, and also an early start, this one an 11 a.m. local time start for Memphis, my alma mater, and SMU. And I like SMU as the heavy underdog here uh, in this one. SMU comes off of, I went to them two weeks ago uh, in a in a situation at home with UCF getting 14 points, that actually 15 points that night, and covered easily. Got that one right. UCF only winning by seven. Southern Methodist hanging in for a lot of the game. Bobby Hicks is a is a freshman quarterback that can really sling it, um, and they can score some points. They battled Navy tooth and nail last week. Navy scored late in the game to beat them forty three to forty in a wild game at Annapolis last week. That was a game where they were also uh, an underdog, but covered. They've covered a couple of times now as an underdog on the road. And for Memphis, they have their eyes on the American Conference championship game and a potential New Year's Six Bowl game here. That's all the talk right now, Kevin, in Memphis, is whether or not the Tigers are going to win the conference and get in that New Year's Six game. They may be looking past Southern Miss, or I'm sorry, uh, SMU, a little bit in this matchup here. And I think SMU can hang with them. You look at Hicks's numbers, they're very comparable to Riley Ferguson's numbers, the outstanding quarterback of Memphis. They've thrown for almost the same amount of yards exactly. Uh, Ferguson's got 27 touchdowns. Hicks has got 24. SMU can score, and I just think they hang with Memphis here in the American Athletic Conference uh, in that matchup. Looks like Memphis and UCF are on the collision course. UCF unbeaten in Orlando in the American Championship game. And that's going to be a rematch if it comes to that in that championship game. But I've got SMU hanging in there with the uh, with the Memphis Tigers for a college underdog this week, sir. Yeah, and the American has been interesting because you got a lot of really dog teams in there, but also you got some really good teams. And I kind of feel like there's no really middle-of-the-road teams are either really good or really bad, it kind of feels like, in that conference, like the dogs at the bottom, East Carolina, Cincinnati, you know, some of them, you know, aren't very good. But at the top, with UCF, the way they played, with USF only suffering the one loss, Memphis has been very good, Houston has been competitive, and, yeah, I mean, I think it gets to this point where if you get a Memphis-UCF championship and Memphis – you know, they had that makeup game against UCF where they lost that you think that, you know, they're going to play a lot better now the second time around. All right, we'll see if that is the case. Now, are you good on college underdogs and you want to save your ammunition for the NFL segment coming up a little bit later on? You good with one for the moment? Yes. Yes, one is fine. All right, I am going to go back with a second college underdog on Three Dog Thursday and uh, stick with the, the, the little guy as the road underdog type theme 
I, I I have looked at this a couple of different times, a couple of different ways. I cannot, for the life of me, and this is where I need some of your insight, understand the Florida Gators have been struggling. They have they have had their coach fired. They've been wiped out three games in a row. I know they're at home. I know it's not an SEC opponent. They're playing UAB out of Conference USA, but UAB is pretty good. How in the world is Florida favored by 11 in that game? Again, I need your insight as a senior handicapper from Vegas Insider. Are they just trying to entice those that want to small-time invest uh, on these games to go and bet that? Because that that just seems like a ridiculously high line for a Florida team that has trouble scoring, that's really been wiped out in each of their last three games, to be that much of a favorite at home against what's a pretty good team. Kevin, what is your thought? They must think that UF, with some of these losses recently, that now they'll bounce back with a non-conference game. They don't think much of UAB, considering UAB didn't have a football program last year. They were put on pause for a little bit. Now they're back. And, yeah, they're a very competitive team. And we saw a few years ago Georgia Southern go into Gainesville and beat Florida. So these non-conference games shouldn't be taken lightly for the Gators. They can't just show up and win them. And their offense has been bad. And they're just trying to get through this stretch with Randy Shannon until eventually with the reports are Chip Kelly will be the next, uh, the next head coach of Florida. Just try to get through the next few games and just move on from Jim McElwain. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I understand why, uh, you know, people would question Florida here as a favorite because what have they proven to be a favorite, especially of, of this amount, when, when you're favored by this, you still have to score points and they have problems scoring points. So I don't know how they're going to do it. Even if they put up 20, you got to expect UAB could put up at least 13 or 14. Yeah, maybe so on that one. Hey, by the way, quick comment from you before I get back to touting UAB. How much validity do you put in the rumors that have been circulating midweek as we tape here that Chip Kelly is all but a done deal to come to Florida? I have my opinion. I want your opinion first of all. What do you think? Do you think that's happening? Do you think it is going to happen? I mean, I don't know if it's going to happen, but I'll tell you if it does happen, it's obviously a very good thing for Florida because Jim McElwain doesn't move the needle. It doesn't get you excited. Chip Kelly gets you excited from what he said at Oregon that he was in the NFL with the Eagles. He had a good first season. Actually, wasn't that bad, but you know, kind of like Nick Saban or like some of these other coaches that it just didn't work out in the NFL and went to co- went back to college. That that's what they needed to do. It's just it's just better for them, and things work better for someone like that. Not dealing with millionaire athletes. That it's probably easier dealing with eighteen to twenty two year olds. And I think that if the Gators get Chip Kelly, then that's definitely something positive for them because the McElwain thing just. You know what it is? It's kind of like Mark Richt. Uh, let me compare it really quick. It's like Mark Richt at Miami, that you can't keep getting mid-major type guys and moving them up to this big program. It worked with Urban Meyer at Florida, but it's just a hard thing to do. When I say with Mark Richt, Mark Richt was at Georgia. He had an established track record, and it just didn't work out there in the end. And he ends up going back to Miami, and people love it. It's not a stepping stone job. Florida shouldn't be a stepping stone job. And I think that with Chip Kelly, with him now sitting out for a little bit, probably resetting himself and saying, okay, I'm going to go back to college, that this will probably work out well for him and the Gators. Okay. Uh, the only thing I'm going to say here, and there's so much time to, to look at this, I don't think they're going to hire him by this weekend. I think he's going to play his options out. I, there could be a couple of openings that are very intriguing in the Pac-12. Watch Arizona State. Uh, which I was out there in the desert and saw them beat Washington and saw some of their facilities and what they've upgraded. If they delete Todd Graham at the end of things here, 
that's a very interesting place for Chip Kelly to land as a former Pac-12 coach. Uh, UCLA might be another one. I know we're going to talk with Ben Maller more about the UCLA situation, UCLA playing USC in the rivalry game. Keep an eye on that one as the foil to USC if they come open. I just don't see Chip Kelly taking the job right away with Florida or anybody else until he sees what else is out there maybe the first week in December, including in the West. And again, for Florida, uh, we'll see if they can land the big fish there. Do they have somebody else in mind uh, as well? So anyway, as the backdrop for this game with UAB, the Blazers out of Conference USA have won their last three games. You mentioned the football program was shut down for a season uh, with all the controversy, the funding, they were defunded by by essentially board members in the state of Alabama who were Alabama Crimson Tide fans and alums, shut down UAB's football program. Well, they're now back. They got their funding. They're back. Bill Clark, their coach, has done a tremendous job of, of resurrecting that program. They've won five of their last six, three in a row. They've covered Kevin the last two times as outright underdog winners on the road. They were an 11.5-point underdog at Southern Miss three weeks ago. They won the game. They were a 7-point underdog at Texas San Antonio, UTSA, last week. They won the game outright. I like them to hang close. I don't know that they can beat Florida, but like to your point, I don't know that Florida can score enough either here. I know Malik Zaire is banged up midweek at the time we're talking. It's uncertain whether he can play, whether they're going back to Felipe Franks, the big six foot six quarterback, or not. Let's see, but I think UAB, uh, Spencer Brown is the running back, 1,100 yards rushing, and I know Florida's got a decent defense. UAB can hang with them, and I think they will, and I'll take them on Three Dog Thursday and the 11 points that they have. All right, Kevin, so there's some college football. We're going to come back with you in our final segment and talk some pro football. Stand by for that. As we mentioned as part of Three Dog Thursday, Ben Maller is coming up uh, from Fox Sports Radio. Look forward to his insight on everything L.A. as well as some underdogs. A reminder here on Three Dog Thursday that we are brought to you in part by Smack Apparel and SmackApparel.com for the best in in in-your-face themed shirts, particularly college and pro football. Football theme shirts going against the opponent. Go to smackapparel.com. They've been talking the talk since 1998. Use the promo code THURSDAY. Thursday, the promo code with the holidays coming up. You can save 30% off your order with that promo code Thursday from our friends at smackapparel.com. We've got more underdogs still to come. Ben Maller straight ahead from Fox Sports Radio, their overnight man in the Ben Maller Show. Kevin is back with me to talk NFL football as we continue on Three Dog Thursday. Three Dog Thursday brought to you in part by FanPlayoff.com. Play postseason fantasy football like you never have before for free. Coming this January. Find out more by going to FanPlayoff.com. The dogs are barking. Who will get it done this week? Three Dog Thursday now continues. Here again is T.J. Reeves. Been looking forward to this ever since he agreed to come on. And, and I have to tell you that I love uh, my talk show brother from another mother, Ben Maller, for a lot of reasons. But the fact that I'm getting the chance to talk to him right now, after Maller has pulled a, what, seven or eight hours of overnight radio air shift and is still ready to come on, the man in the middle of the night is Ben Maller, the Ben Maller Show on Fox Sports Radio. He's with me on Three Dog Thursday. 
Do you know, I mean, like, you've already done like eight hours. You have nothing else left to say right now before yeah. I talk to no, you. No, no, no. Well, listen, TJ, uh, I always have something to bloviate <laughs> about, especially when, when you mentioned to me, you know, picking NFL games, <laughs> picking underdogs in college football. You got my attention. You know, th- these are the things I love. As you know, you know, we worked together. Uh, you know, we, you, you, we were side by side for yep. years on, at Fox, yep. so... So we, uh, we, you know, uh, my love of uh, gambling and point spreads. <laughs> Not that I always win, of course, but I, I love talking about it. So anytime you want me to, to come on, I'm excited to be on, on your show. And uh, and I've actually done pretty well. You know, on my my overnight show, I pick every game against the spread. Okay. And I, I've, I'm about I'm about 20 games over 500 Good. for the year. So I'm I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. Uh, so uh, you know, see this this looks like a tough card this week though. This yeah. I was looking at the lines. It looks like they've kind of caught up. Uh, I, I and we'll, we'll see what happens. But a uh, little, little instability for me when I'm looking at the point spread yep. for this weekend's card. One thing we know about Ben Maller, he's also good at taking the lunch money of all of his crew members, his producers, Eddie Garcia, anybody else, betting them uh, against the spread <laughs> in football. So that still is a consistent. On the Ben Maller show. All right, I want to have some fun with you uh, here as we get rolling. A lot of a lot of people believe with these UCLA basketball players being released from China that Donald Trump was instrumental in being able to get those guys free. I have been telling people off the air. I, I now want to say it to you on Three Dog Thursday. I know that Ben Maller behind the scenes had his hand in this. The diplomacy, the uh, the the back channel conversations with China. You won't take credit for this publicly, but I know Ben Maller was in part responsible for getting those UCLA players released and back to the United States. So i, I got to give you a well, tip of the hat. Well, thank you, TJ, and I'm glad you had the courage <laughs> to say that. As you know, you know, many years ago I learned about statesmanship, and I, I, I don't often practice it, but from time to time, you know, behind the scenes, let's just say some, some messages were exchanged. Yeah, Some messages might have been exchanged there. And, uh, yeah, how about that, man? UCLA <laughs> basketball, TJ. I mean, what a bunch of knuckleheads. I mean, you, you know, I know stuff's supposed to be cheaper in China. I get it. You know, right. we, almost everything we have is made in China. But come on. You, gotta, you, gotta, you think they have a camera maybe somewhere in these high-end stores? Yeah. A bunch of morons. And, and, the be- and the best part is that they have been sequestered, quarantined at the hotel, facing 10 years in prison for shoplifting in a, ch- <laughs> in a Chinese prison. You can't make this stuff up. I'm just glad that Ben Maller got it resolved and those UCLA, you know, LeVar Ball craves attention. Uh, boy, they've been getting worldwide attention, the, the big baller brand, for the last few days, Ben Maller. Yeah, I know they have. And I, I don't know if you saw it last night because it was late. Today, right. But when the three guys got back to LAX, the uh, the amount of paparazzo <laughs> that was at the airport was just <laughs> It was it was amazing. I mean, they, they might make a movie about this someday. Yeah. You know, I don't know. Hollywood's having all kinds of problems, but probably more likely to be a documentary. But that scene with it, was, uh, you know, it looked like hundreds of paparazzo. Everyone's a reporter with their cell phones now. It was just wild. It's it very similar when Bill when Ben Maller returns from air travel to Los Angeles. He is greeted the same way. So when you see these UCLA players trying to get into the car with all the camera bulbs flashing, it's very similar to Ben Maller of the Ben Maller show when he returns <laughs> after international travel well, and they can't get enough of you, yeah. my friend. Yeah, yeah, and of course I take the shuttle to the long distance uh, lot, which is the cheapest lot you can possibly park in because that's 
that's how I roll. That's that's how I do it. But I, I love the the, uh, the stuff, TJ. These guys uh, they were yelling at the UCLA basketball players, and I'm paraphrasing this. I'm not going to get it exactly right, right. right. But the guys didn't say anything, right? They didn't, they didn't say anything. Uh, the players from UCLA, and one one guy yelled, "Hey, if you're guilty, don't say anything." It was hilarious uh, you know, watching and listening. To oh, the, I heard. Uh, you know, I'm sure it was. The, you know, are you going to vote for Trump for re-election? You know, those kind of things. Uh, you know, will you eat oh, Chinese yeah. food yeah. ever again? Those kind of things. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so. yeah, it reminded me of some stuff. You know, Howard Stern when he was in his prime back right. in the day, he would he would send his guys out and do this kind of stuff, and it was just hilarious. And uh, and <laughs> I, I don't I don't know if they grasped uh, TJ the UCLA basketball players the uh, the scope of what they were involved in, but I I'm, I have a feeling they did yeah. when they got back and saw that they might have thought, well, this is just like a minor thing in China. We'll get out of this, but nobody in America is really that. You know, you're all the way in China. But uh, they were completely wrong if they thought that way. Uh, this is what I love about Ben Maller, the Ben Maller Show. We'll get to picking an underdog or two on Three Dog Thursday in a moment. But i, I got to let him have the opportunity to bag on Los Angeles, the L.A. teams. This is what you frequently do. Hey, UCLA and USC are playing the traditional Crosstown Showdown game this weekend. I'm going to put it up on the tee for you. Does anyone care in Los Angeles? Does anyone care about this game that's coming at the Coliseum Saturday? Yeah, well, I mean, they do. I mean, here, here's the problem with that game, though. I mean, it, the, both these programs, the expectation and the reality. Remember when UCLA got out to that start, they had that ridiculous comeback against Texas A&M, and right. Josh Rosen was on his way. You know, he, was, he looked like a Heisman candidate, and then they pooped the bed against Memphis, and then USC. I mean, these are two of the biggest disappointments in college football. USC spectacularly losing to Notre Dame, so – I, I've seen a few people around town wearing their their gear, uh, you know, wearing their UCLA USC gear. But yeah, there's no, there's not anywhere near the level of buzz that this game was supposed to have. I mean, you got to remember, TJ, both these guys. I mean, you, you are the legendary Buck sideline guy, right? Right. And you know, you know, covering the NFL, both these guys are supposed to be NFL quarterbacks and drafted in the in the first round of the NFL draft. And both of them could end up leaving school. This could be the last time they play each other in that the city rivalry game. You would think there would be a lot of hype, but because of the failures, the spectacular failures, there's not that much hype. And, and, and of all, I mean, it, listen, USC in particular, they gambled, right? They could have gone out and gone, a, gone and gotten the big name coach. They kept the interim guy, and uh, it's you know, it's still unknown. I have a feeling that if the, the rope is going to be very short going forward there. But as far as this particular game this weekend, no. But if you ask me, and I, if, if who do you take? You always take the underdog. Uh, in that game traditionally, especially because these teams are both so disjointed. I, USC is much more talented than UCLA, but, you know, the the, the points for this game are typically close. Yeah. yeah, it is a lot of points. It is a lot of points. I know the the rule I've always followed, which is my golden rule, I know a lot of people do follow this. In college, you lay the points, and in the NFL, you take the points, but – that's that's one of those rivalry games. I think it goes the other way. So I, I would take the point. How about that? UCLA getting 16. You would like to deny that you have not been offered to replace Jim Moore at UCLA. You have not been offered that job at this point, and nor nor would you necessarily take the job unless, of course, they promised you very similar to Roger Goodell, $50 million a year and the Lear Jet. Then you might take the UCLA job and leave the Ben Maller show. Am I correct on that? Yeah, I, I would take I would take it for fifty bucks. I mean, fifty bucks <laughs> that'd be good. That's I, what more do I need? Come fifty on, bucks, I, I good meals, good hotels, coach the Bruins if need yeah. be. If that is uh, yeah, yeah, 
if that is the case. Okay, so I know you love to take credit for lots of things that you may or may not have anything to do with. we got to give you full credit for the L.A. Rams. What? I mean, what has gone on with Jared Goff and the transformation? The Rams look like world beaters, and this is not comical here. They're leading the West. They're being mentioned as a possible NFC, I can't say it with a straight voice, NFC contender for the Super Bowl. (laughs) What's going on with the Rams, and are you taking full credit for this turnaround? Well, yes, uh, it, it's all – here's my advice. Now, I, I know your Bucks are having some problems here, and if they do end up making a change, I recommend millennial coaches. Sean McVay, <laughs> I, I love this guy. Uh, I had never really heard of him before, but, uh, you know, the, the coaching of Sean McVay, his offensive game plan has been brilliant. Uh, Jared Goff, last year I was taking every pot shot I could possibly of course. take him, TJ. Easy and, money. And he, of course, easy money. He did you know, he deserved it. And, and, you know, all these people now are looking back and say, oh, you shouldn't have done that. He got off to a worse start. Jared Goff got off to a worse start in his career than the gold standard for failure from the Oakland Raiders, Mr. Purple Drank himself, <laughs> uh, back in the day. So, so Jamarcus I mean, Russell, right, right, right. When you're mentioned with Jamarcus exactly. Russell in the NFL, not good. Yeah, if you're compared to Jamarcus Russell and he had better stats than you, that is a bad sign. I mean, he, he was overwhelmed. Uh, Jared Goff drowned last year when he got an opportunity to play. And, you know, you assume he's just he's in over his head. They made a terrible mistake. And it has been a complete 180. It has been the Mona Lisa watching this guy play for the Rams. And, and now the, the real test is against the Vikings defense this weekend because uh, we, we saw Jared Goff had some issues. The Rams didn't score that much against a good Seattle defense a couple weeks back. But, They've been able to move the ball. Even in that game, they were able to move the ball against the Seahawks. I, it's a small point spread this weekend. It's only two and a half. The Vikings are favored. But the main reason to like this game, uh, there, there's two things that stand out to me. I don't trust Case Keenum, who was a Rams quarterback last year. Uh, he has played well, but, TJ, when he's played, he's played three games with teams that have a winning record. And on the season, he's got one touchdown pass in those three games. So he's he has not done it against the better competition. And the Rams' defense has really come on here the last couple of weeks. They're leading the NFL. I think it's the last four weeks they've allowed – four or five weeks they've allowed 11 points a game. Now, they have played some terrible offensive teams, so it does help when you play the Giants and the Cardinals and teams like that. But they're playing with a lot of confidence right now, the Rams, on both sides of the ball. So I like them in that spot in Minnesota. I think that's a good – good opportunity the vikings also have another game in the division i think they play, I think they play the thursday game uh they play in detroit uh the uh, i think uh, thanksgiving so they've got that quick turnaround this is why we love ben maller the ben maller show on fox sports radio we love his insight he's based in los angeles he's given us a lot of uh la insight to a lot of different things he likes the rams against the vikings for three dog thursday purposes um was there another game that you liked as I, I steered you to usc and ucla was there another underdog that you liked real quick for this weekend that you've been touting so far <laughs> well i don't know if i've been touting you but i mean I, I again i'll go back to the rivalry game another west coast game the big game in northern california stanford which has been rolling along against cal which is not very good cal Cal's got to get bowl eligible. They need to win another game to get to a bowl game. They're not a very good team. I'm not going to sell you that Cal's a good team, but they did beat a good Washington State team earlier this year, if I remember correctly, and Cal's coming off the bye week. So if you believe in that as an added bonus, 
and you're getting uh, over two touchdowns. I think the line's around 17 points in that Stanford-Cal game. That's another one you look at. You say, well, you know, it's, you're betting on the worst team, uh, a lesser team, but it is a rivalry game. Those are usually a little closer. And Cal's got to win a game. If they don't win this week, they play, I think they play UCLA uh, to close the year. So that's, that's a game I've got my eye on as well. Okay, so my question is, because the Maller Militia is a powerful entity, these are the followers, the fans of the Ben Maller Show, if the college football playoff folks leave the Pac-12 out of the playoff, are you going to turn the Maller Militia loose on the college football playoff? I mean, because you've got rabid following here, they are difference makers, (laughs) and you don't want any part of the Maller Militia here. Are you going to turn them on college football in general if they leave the Pac-12 out of the playoff? well, I, I'm gonna, what I'm going to do, TJ, is I'm going to get the mob together, the Maller militia, and we're going to have uh, torches and pitchforks. Uh, uh, right. And we are going to storm around the country. <laughs> and I, and I'm, I'm going to send out my attack dogs. Uh, that's what we're going to do. You can't, you can't leave the Pac-12 out. How dare you come uh, on one of the top uh, conferences in the country. Now we'll, we'll see what shakes out because they're, I'm not going to lie, there hasn't been too much defense played in the Pac-12. That's but right. There never is. So it's uh, the way it goes. All right, one one more fun one because you love to chide the L.A. teams and the L.A. fan bases even though you're doing a national show. Was it better for you and better for business that the Dodgers got all the way to the doorstep in a Game 7 against Houston before losing, or would it have been better for them to fall flat on their face like they've done so many years before? What's more satisfying for the Ben Maller show and getting to flog L.A. fans figuratively, the Dodgers losing a Game 7 or if they had just lost like they meekly do a lot of the time early on in the playoffs? Well, TJ, I was fortunate enough, or I guess unfortunate enough, to be at Game 7 of the World Series. Wow. And it, not only was it game, it sucked, TJ. The game was over in the second inning. Uh, so, I mean, and the better story, I've always said the better story is in the losing locker room. That's where the anger is. That's where the, <laughs> the, the real angst is. But in this case, this was the exception to the rule. I, I, I've uh, followed Dodgers for a long time. I, I did, in another life, I did post-game Dodger talk, on the, and I did the pregame show years ago, and they were spent all this money and never made the playoffs. In those years, they weren't very good. They spent a lot of money, they didn't win. Now they spent a lot of money, and they're actually pretty good. But, yeah, I mean, it sucked. It was, it was painful because you expect Game 7 at home, there's a great energy in the ballpark. The place was rocking, TJ, before the game, Game 7. And then they go out there and just urinate all over the field. It's just <laughs> horrible. I mean, and, and you, Darvish, I mean, I knew in like uh, two batters into the game, I, and I've never played professional baseball. I knew two batters into the game, get him out of here. He does not have it, and they, Dave Roberts left him out too long, and they lost. And uh, yeah, that's uh, that sucks. That's it, I, I, I guess to answer your question, uh, it's better they got to the World Series. But if you're going to go to the World Series or the Super Bowl, or the NBA Finals, win the damn thing, please, win the damn thing. That's what this guy does. He does nothing but win on the Ben Maller Show. Hear him overnights, weeknights, uh, through Fox Sports Radio, the Premier Radio Networks, the iHeart uh, Media app. Love the Maller Militia. Love this guy's insight, his humor. He will take you down on that show. Look out. Uh, and he says look out for the Rams as a road dog against Minnesota and maybe UCLA in that crosstown showdown with, with USC as well as the Cal Bears, a couple of significant Pac-12 underdogs. I always love getting to catch up with you. Thank you. Again, I know at the time that we are talking, you are talked out at the moment after having done eight or nine hours of radio. So thank you for coming on Three Dog Thursday with me. We encourage the fans to find you at Ben Maller on Twitter. Find the Ben Maller Show. Thank you, Ben Maller. 
Three Dog Thursday brought to you in part by FanPlayoff.com. Play postseason fantasy football like you never have before for free coming this January. Find out more by going to FanPlayoff.com. Who are this week's top dogs in pro and college football? We are back on Three Dog Thursday. All right, we are back in. It is the only digital radio show devoted exclusively to underdogs in college football and the NFL. A reminder, whether you're hearing us on RadioInfluence.com or you're hearing us through iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, rate the show. First of all, subscribe to the show through iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play. Rate the show, rank the show, tell others about the show, and have it pop up. I I said this uh, last week, we say again, thank you to you, the listeners, the fans. We had in the month of October the largest audience that we have ever had on Three Dog Thursday, growing the audience by over 50% since the beginning of the football season this year from what it was from the beginning of the football season to the end of October last year by the tens of thousands, Kevin Rogers. They are hearing this show every week, everywhere on Three Dog Thursday through RadioInfluence.com, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play. We just we want just real quick again. We want to say thanks to the fans. Keep telling everybody about the show. Promote the show. Rank the show. Subscribe to the show. Uh, tell others about Three Dog Thursday, right? Yeah, it's going very well, and we keep uh, rolling on. And it's just something that we're very uh, happy that it's bloomed into to what it's become, blossomed, I guess, into what it's become. And it's uh, it's been a really great thing. Yes, and like you say, we got to do our part. We got to keep picking some winners. Last week in the NFL, you and I, what what the heck? Can we talk for ten seconds? What the heck happened to the Buffalo Bills? You and I thought we had that pegged, and New Orleans. Uh, just absolutely made us look foolish. They made the Bills look foolish and pummeled them. I think that was more about the Bills. Did, did they? Is it me or did they just no show in that game against the Saints at home? That was a pretty poor performance. But I'm not going to take away from the Saints. They had six rushing touchdowns, and yeah, the team I was zero two at one time that people were writing off and saying another seven to nine year for Sean Payton. Drew Brees is done. They've won seven straight, so I can't really take away from what they've done. They've had some incredible offensive performances. It feels like the offense of a few years ago, the Saints had, and defensively, they're stepping up, too. Well, they are, and so they're rocking along. You did cover with the L.A. Chargers, barely hanging in there with three and a half points uh, to win over Jacksonville. They lost the game in overtime on the last second field goal, or the field goal in overtime by Josh Lambeau, their former kicker. What a crazy game, Kevin. At the end of that game, Blake Bortles throwing two interceptions in the final three minutes of the game, yet still had a third chance to win it. Each team got personal fouls that cost them dearly. Uh, the you know the Chargers looked like they were going to have the the Jaguars stopped late in the game. Joey Bosa gets a late hit personal foul that sets up the Jaguars in field goal range by itself. In the overtime, Phillip Rivers throws the interception. On the interception, A.J. Bouye, the uh, the outstanding defensive back, uh, races down inside the five-yard line. He gets tackled by Rivers. The Jaguars taunt Rivers and get a 15-yard unsportsmanlike conduct penalty, uh, taunting Phillip Rivers. So it was a comedy of errors, really, at the end of that game. But the Jags found a way to win it, and what a story they are. It just shows you in the NFL, there, there can be crazy finish. That was one crazy finish last week to get the Jaguars to 6-3 and three real quick. Yeah, and also Phillip Rivers involved in another three-point game either way, which is amazing that Phillip Rivers, except for that Charger game, that tw- or that Charger-Bronco game, the 21 nothing game at home, it feels like every single game is a three- or four-point game at the end, 
and have a shot to win it, and they end up losing it. It always feels that way. That they're never going to get blown out. That's the one thing I'll say about the Chargers. They don't get blown out. Well, and we do know that Philip Rivers midweek is in concussion protocol here. We'll see if he can play in the game with Buffalo. We know that the Bills have already gone to backup quarterback Nathan Peterman. That was announced midweek that he will be playing in the game at L.A. And, and Buffalo is still very much in the wild card picture right now at 5-4. and four. So we'll see if they can keep their act uh, going. So we've got underdogs to get to. Kevin, you've got two of them. I will let you lead off for NFL purposes. Where do you want to begin on Three Dog Thursday? I know it's ugly, but I'm going to start in Chicago with the Bears, who are facing the Lions this week. And Detroit has taken care of their business recently, beating Green Bay, beating Cleveland, not great quarterbacks, Brett Brett Hundley and Deshaun Kaiser the last two weeks. Now they got Mitchell Trubisky this week. But the one thing I'll say about the Bears, though, 4-0 against the spread as a home dog. They're just coming off a loss as a home favorite, which they've been terrible in under John Fox. And now they're back to the home dog role. They should have beaten Atlanta. They beat Pittsburgh in overtime. They hung with Minnesota. That uh, this Bears team has done well as a home underdog. And I think that, and also they beat Carolina, that they have a shot here to uh, to be in this one with Detroit. Last four meetings against the Lions have all been decided by four points or less. So Detroit and Chicago play very competitive games. And even though the Lions have played well of late, I'm going to take a shot here with the Bears. Well, and keep in mind, too, as we come down the stretch of the season, it it appeared earlier in the year that John Fox was going to be a foregone conclusion, a formality that he's out. If they're able to win a couple of games with the young quarterback coming down the stretch of the season, they might hang on to him. How hard will they play for Fox? That remains to be seen. So you'll go Chicago on Three Dog Thursday. I will go to Mexico, to Mexico City, where the Oakland Raiders will play host to the New England Patriots. Patriots, great Sunday night win for them in Denver. They dominated. They kind of rid themselves of some of the horrors that had happened to them previously. Uh, Tom Brady had a losing record previously in Denver. Looked good. They had a great night on special teams with a long kickoff return, with a block punt. Uh, Patriots got that win, but now they they must stay on the road here, play the Raiders who come off the bye week. Raiders were impressive a couple of weekends ago, beating Miami at Miami. Uh, I, I also like uh, the fact that they, their offense appears to be coming around. Uh, they won the score fest with Kansas City on the Thursday night back a couple of weeks ago also. So I, I will take the Raiders and the points here. It would not surprise me if Oakland wins this game in the 110,000-seat Azteca Stadium in Mexico City. It's going to be a lot of Raider fans. There will be some Patriot fans. But I like the Oakland Raiders here uh, in this situation as an underdog getting 6.5 points with the Patriots. Quick thought on that matchup, if at all, there in, in Mexico City for the showdown? Well, the one thing I'll say about the Patriots that they just played in Denver, and I believe they're staying in Colorado for the week and then going to Mexico City. So they're going to get used to that altitude, which uh, we'll see how that uh, affects both teams. But, yeah, we'll see with Oakland that, uh, you know, they've been traveling around and they've been off the bye now. So, you know, the Raiders, they still have a shot that they're, they're still hanging around. The Chiefs haven't necessarily locked up that AFC West yet. And with the way the Broncos have been and the Chargers have been at the Raiders, if they can put together a run here, who knows? Well, and the Raiders better be ready on special teams, as we were talking about 
uh, from last week. I, I, the Patriots, again, had a kickoff return for a touchdown, a fumble recovery, and a block punt in the game on special teams. So, uh, Den- uh, you know, Denver obviously got overwhelmed in that situation. Let's see if Oakland is on point in that game. So I like the Raiders. That leaves us one final underdog here on Three Dog Thursday. Kevin Rogers, the floor is yours. I'm going to go against the Saints again, even though I got burned with them last mm. week. I'm going to go with the Washington Redskins. They're traveling down to the Superdome, and the Redskins have actually been, even though the record may not reflect it, they've been very competitive on the road this year. They've already beaten the Rams on the road. They've beaten the Seahawks on the road. They were there with the Chiefs until the end. They gave up the late field goal, then Kansas City scored in that BS touchdown on the final play, on the, on the laterals. They ran it into cover, and also they clung with the Eagles. So, Think about that. Look at those four teams they've played already on the road, four excellent teams that you know probably are playoff teams inside the NFC. And now you're going to New Orleans to face another potential playoff team with the Saints, who keep on rolling. They've won seven straight. They've covered seven straight. You can't take away from them. But the way Washington has played, especially losing that shootout to Minnesota last week at home, I think that they can get it together. For some reason, Jake Rudin's always been a good play as a road underdog, and I think that it continues this week. Well, and again, the Redskins had a hard-fought game with the Vikings last week at home that they didn't win, but they've, they've come up large on the road. Remember earlier this year, they beat the, the Rams back at the beginning of the season at the Coliseum, and that win's looking better and better. Go figure the Redskins, who uh, they may very well hang in with the Saints. You and I both fought in the spot last week, the role the Saints was on. It's got to come to an end at some point. Does it come to an end at home against Washington uh, we will find out in, in this matchup. And again, Eagles will play Dallas on Sunday night in Dallas and Atlanta in Seattle, which is a playoff rematch from last year. Devontae Freeman has already been ruled out uh, for that game with the Seahawks with the concussion. Seahawks have injuries galore. Lost Richard Sherman last time out in the Thursday night game. Torn Achilles. They have other injuries in the secondary. This, uh, man, it's, it's going to be a tough game for both of these teams physically with injured players, backups in the game, Falcons, Seahawks. That is the Monday night game uh, that's coming there in uh, Seattle. All right, so there you go. There's the pro football slate. Kevin Rogers, uh, we are down the stretch in college football, in the throes of the NFL, and much more. Tell them all about great information that the fans can find out about and use and take advantage of through Vegas Insider, sir. Yes, we're going down the stretch, like you said, in football, but basketball is underway. The NBA season already one month in. College basketball is now rocking and rolling. Hockey continues to move along, and just a lot going on right now. It's a great time of year, November, December, January, with everything kind of you know weaving together. And you can check out all the information at VegasInsider.com all of our football articles weekly for both college and the NFL. And now the basketball is rolling along. You can check us out also on Twitter at TwitBI. All right. You can also follow Kevin at VI Rogers on Twitter. Follow this show at Three Dog Thursday. So let's go over the underdogs again, including our, our colleague Ben Maller saying, watch out for the Cal Golden Bears of the big game against Stanford. He liked that one. He also liked UCLA getting a ton of points, 16 points in the showdown at the Coliseum with USC. He liked a couple of Pac-12 ones. And he just, he just homered out Kevin on L.A. all the way around. He liked the Rams against the Vikings as well for the game in Minnesota with a couple of points in that one. Uh, in your case, you will go Virginia Cavaliers with Miami, with Miami maybe to have a little letdown, and Virginia with 19 points to hang in. 
Bears at home as an underdog with the Lions and Redskins on the road with the Saints. I'll take SMU against my alma mater, not to win, but to keep it close, getting the 12.5 points. I still don't understand why the Florida Gators are an 11-point favorite at home with the problems they have had with UAB, who's a good team. Maybe maybe you're listening to this show and you already know how stupid I am that I'm taking UAB and Florida blew them out. But then again, maybe I'm really right if you're hearing me, like, like let's say, on Sunday that UAB hung in uh, in the game with Florida. And I'll take the Raiders on Sunday afternoon against the New England Patriots, getting the points there in that game in Mexico City. Kevin, it's always a treat to be with you. Uh, I know we're wrapping up November soon enough. Thanksgiving uh, time, it'll be a Turkey Day edition of Three Dog Thursday coming next week. Enjoy the football this weekend, and thank you for the underdogs and all the knowledge again this week, sir. You're welcome, TJ. Thank you. Kevin Rogers, Senior Handicapper, VegasInsider.com. I'm TJ Reeves for Ben Maller of Fox Sports Radio, their overnight man who was our special guest this week. Thank you for being with us here on the only digital radio show that's devoted exclusively to picking those underdogs in college football and the NFL. It is Three Dog Thursday. Enjoy the games. Bye. Chris Landry inviting you to join me for Landry Football Podcast every Tuesday and Thursday. We'll give you the coaching and scouting angle to the college and NFL game. Film breakdowns, scouting reports, X's and O's, the latest inside scoop, coaching search information. We've got it all for you. I'll take my experiences as a coach and a scout and bring it to you, the fan, to give you access to the best football information on the college and pro level. Join us at LandryFootball.com. And remember the Landry Football Podcast right here, as well as Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Play, and RadioInfluence.com.